0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we're back. But well, we are missing somebody. But this is the only podcast that's known to squeeze the shaman. So here we go. We're gonna get right into it, get rolling. And uh, you know, we got a special guest this week. Derek, um, you wanna introduce yourself and tell everybody uh what your background is, what you're into before we hit the email bag.
1: So uh grew up in the south, um, from Louisiana. Uh been watching wrestling pretty much my entire life uh pretty current on like wwe type stuff and uh working health care and and just like to run and work out
0: sounds good right. that's why uh ed said he had a few guys so i said i, I i'm I'm putting all the heat on you ed if, if something goes sideways
2: i'm blaming you Ah uh, well, you know, when, when, when it anything my fault anyway? I'm used to that, so I'm used to wearing the bullseye. So that's yeah, right. It's like
0: it. it's like Jimmy Gavin, it's not my
2: fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's always my fault. Don't you know? I learned that a long time ago. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm
0: not even there for six months. It's my fault. I get it. it. it's hard enough to try to get you to do a whole podcast with uh putting some pants on. So let's Hey, hey, hey. You don't know <laughs> my <laughs> personal life. <laughs> Speaking of bags, let's hit the mailbag. And <laughs> what do you got to do? Let's this hit week? the
2: mailbag, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's hit, let's hit the mailbag. So this one right here, this is from Malcolm from uh, Davenport, Iowa. Well, first of all, Malcolm, thanks for thanks for supporting the show, man. Really do appreciate it. So um, this one is uh, it's about blood and wrestling. Yo, 1974, 1973, You guys should have a bigger following. Yes, we thoroughly agree, and we're tired oh, of absolutely. couch fishing. We're, we're tired of couch fishing for our stuff, you know. Yeah, we you know, we're waiting uh,
0: to get the power play together.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, we're working on it. You know. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and he also, so he wants to say something to our haters. He says, fuck those haters, which we do appreciate that as well. I've like uh, been a wrestling fan my whole life. Are you, are you fans of blood in, in a modern match? And P.S. Ed, Ed that reads the mail needs to talk more. It's funny shit. It's funny. <laughs> well, Malcolm, thank you. I like to be a legend in my own mind. So, you know, thank you. I really appreciate that. Uh, don't, do not do well to criticism either. So, you know, so, uh, you know, I think I'm kind of a prima donna sometimes. So, you know.
0: Anyway. nothing about uh nothing about putting pants on though right hey no hey pants are optional baby yeah yeah they just happen to blow off officer <laughs> he wants to talk before.
2: I I, hey. I resemble that statement on
0: occasion <laughs> so uh before we get going ed we get we gotta address the elephant in the room before we get into yep. the blood and wrestling we're gotta address why is yep. the professor not here this week wanna well take that one
2: yeah, I'm gonna take this one. I, you know, first and foremost, he was not with the Iron Sheik and Hacksaw Jim Duggan, so he was that. that so he wasn't with that. Okay, uh, he did not fly off a steel cage at a death match. Okay, uh, he is not with New Japan Wrestling right now. Uh, he's a little bit under the weather, uh, and I he's actually having a COVID test, which is, probably goes against almost every single of thing that's out there known to mankind. But you know, I crack crack uh, crack commando legal team of uh Blico Blika and Blika and Cohog will handle that if there's ever any problems. Yeah. So yeah. no, so he's the only man that I know that actually has a, that needs to have a COVID test. Didn't even know COVID even existed anymore.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, the he got the polio vaccine, he got the measles, the mumps, everything's all in on one shot these days. Well, hopefully he doesn't settle in his kidneys. Yes. yeah So uh let's get back to the email. Let's start talking some wrestling. Let's go with some uh Views on modern-day blood and wrestling. Ed, what do you think? Oh, man, first and foremost, I think that there's still a place in there
2: in, you know, modern wrestling today for it. Um, but I, I do feel like putting it up on national TV on an every-week thing, I, I think that that's too much. I think that, you know, to go along with your point that you always have, Andy, about, you know, that, you know, it that should be, like, you know, pay-per-view type stuff or, like, special event match, that type of thing. Um, just for every single week with uh, what's his name, you know, that comes out the wild thing. You know, I mean, every single Moxley. match. I mean, he, yeah, I mean, Moxley, I mean, you blow on him and all of a sudden he's bleeding all over the place. You know? Yeah. I, I, I don't think that that's needed every week because if you're putting out a, a consistent product, you know, and you're hitting your demographics and, you know, you, and the right guys are getting the, getting the pop, I, I don't think that you need to use that. I think it's something that you can use, you know, at special times, you know, like steel cage matches, stuff like that. Or, you know, if somebody's really trying to get over you know, then you know, a couple of chair shots and, and something like that, but not every week. I don't think that there's a need for that. Derek Okay, what do you Derek, think, man?
0: this is your moment to shine. Let's hit us on Derek. Yep. big hand for Derek.
2: Come on, man. It's crossing the finish line. Yeah. Come on.
0: <laughs> so
1: be backing off what you said, uh I do agree. So yeah, like premium events, pay-per-view events, like that's that's the for it every week, you know, not so much. I still think there's an audience for it. So like, you know, ECW back in the day, they bled every week. And there was an audience that wanted to see that every week. Um, But it also came on late at night, right? So your kids weren't really exposed to it unless the door was shut and locked. And, you know, they were watching it without you knowing. Um, So I think there's still a place for it. There's just a time and a place for everything.
0: Uh, my views on it is uh I I think that the WWE has gone too much the other way where it's supposed to um, you know they they don't tell a story uh you know they tell a really good story with the bloodline let me pause that there but blood in general where they have the no blood policy I think at certain times where uh you want to build an angle and just that little bit of Oh shit moment where somebody gets busted open and it kind of like draws you in a little bit, especially if it's like, you know, somebody like that super over as a baby face and they get, you know, um, drawn in uh, what's going to happen next. Uh, Is, is this guy out for a while? Is it going to cause an injury angle? You know, it, it it can be used to build a story. Um, But as far as like with everything overkill, uh, one of the best things that I always give for an example when it comes to talking about wrestling is all the flipping and all that stuff that, that goes on in Monday wrestling. You can go to Las Vegas and see the best tumblers in the world for Circus Olay, but how many times you're going to go once you went once you've seen it, you know, you're not going to go. Weekend after weekend, and then go see Circus La. You might see it once, maybe wait three or four years, and then go see it again. Maybe you have a a different, uh, you know, you want to bring your kids when you used to bring your wife. Or, but how many times you're actually going to see that, and it still have that same lasting effect? And that's what that's what I mean about the storytelling and wrestling. I tell these guys all the time. That's what's lost in it, drawing you in. The like how the bloodline is, you know, the, it, it it draws you in, and they they can let it simmer on the stove and grow and, and kind of go from there. And it, that's what I miss about Monday wrestling is they never let anything happen organically and let it collect. That's why as much as I don't like the length of time that Roman Reigns has had the belt because of the guys that he's passing, who else is he going to really lose it to? There's nobody else that's really in it, on his level for storytelling with Paul Heyman. So, um, I don't know. Uh, what's your thoughts on you know the the non blood in the WWE? Um, so I think
1: <laughs> I would love to see Jay smash Roman and just like split him wide open.
0: Yeah, I would love to, but we know it's not going to happen. Right, right. But how it, uh, it would be really cool to see it though. What's that? It'd be really cool to see. Yeah, I would love to see
1: it happen. <laughs> um, but you know it, it enhances the the moment when it when it would happen you know it, it just kind of brings it up to that next level right um, right like Brock you know Lesnar he he bleeds pretty easy you know so he's really got to play his his cards where he's not getting hit in the head a
0: lot yeah 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 and uh for him, sometimes he does it intentionally, and I, I think nobody can tell him not to do it because he's got that. You know, he's one of the few guys that's believable in wrestling, and I miss that. I miss the uh, not the larger than life type characters. I miss the regular, old school guys that couldn't hold a nine to five job. That that's what they do for a living, and you're not gonna you're not gonna pull anything cute with them in the ring. If they don't want to do something, they're gonna physically you know, not let you do it. And I, I think Brock Lesnar is one of the few that, that's left. So Absolutely. uh yeah, we, we lost Ed for a little bit. We uh he's back and um you know we kind of kicked around blood in the Monday WWE and how you know how they kind of PG and maybe maybe uh just to put a exclamation point on the WWE thought with the blood maybe that third hour on Raw most kids should be in bed by 10 and maybe that's when you're that hour should be a little bit more adult. I'm not saying like, uh, attitude era, but maybe they should save that bloodline storyline for after 10 and do more with it. And maybe if you, you know, want to have the women's match or something involving them after 10 o'clock and do a little bit more risque, maybe, you know, maybe you would draw more fans back. I mean, uh, back in the day in the the height of the attitude area, I know it's before streaming they were getting like, six million views in an in an hour. Now you're lucky if you get 500,000 to you know one million. And that, that there's something to be said about that. Everybody that's an odd age demographic, very few watch it now because of you know the the uh, the style. So speaking of style and talking about that email with the blood. Let's talk this week about dark side of the ring. Let's talk Abdullah the butcher. Uh when when I was a kid, I was a huge NWA guy. When that guy popped up, very believable. Very, very, very believable. Ed, thoughts on Abdul the Butcher, especially Stockade 85 with Manny Fernandez, Mexican Deathmatch. We watched that as kids. Yeah, we did. many times.
2: Yeah, we did, man. And, you know, like looking back, I mean, you knew he was big back then, you know, and like he just it was just like he was such a believable character, you know. And he just he just brought it. and He was just truly vicious, especially with the fork all the time. You know, I mean, when you knew, when you heard that he was going to be on, you you knew it was going to be like this brutal match, you know, and it just and I mean, it just made it, it just made like that error just kind of pop, you know, like like yourself, Andy. I mean, I, I was much more of a, you know, NWA, WCW kind of guy, AWA, you know, that type of thing versus, you know, WWE or WWF back in those days, you know. Especially, you know, even though I did buy the record, not gonna lie, you yeah, know. But yeah. I mean, now if I remember correctly, they did. There was an Abdul of the Butcher action figure from AWA. Is that there was?
0: It was. Re- it, it, was. it came with okay. Carlos okay. Cologne. Okay. And a two pack. Yep. Um. So thoughts on the Dark Side of the Ring episode? Go ahead, Derek. Take take over, or Ed will talk the whole hour.
2: I uh, well, that's what I do, man. I talk a lot. I, uh, so, I, I really enjoyed... Derek, you can laugh at that, you know. You can laugh. That was That's funny. They make fun of me here, don't you know? And I'm okay with that, don't you know?
1: No. <laughs> so, I really enjoyed the documentary. What I really... So, there were two things. My two big takeaways was... They talked a lot about if he really could read or write. I, I kind of think that maybe he you probably could because you wouldn't do certain things anyway. But also I'd like to see how he influenced a lot of people that I also grew up with, like Mick Foley and Tommy Dreamer and, you know, that, that hardcore wrestling, you know, you could definitely see the influence in there.
0: Um, the thing about Abdullah that's funny is I've watched uh, when the, when the shoot interviews were big right before uh, the internet. I used to buy those things religiously, all kinds of, and I still like watching anybody. Someday I hope to have a wrestler, a couple wrestlers on the podcast and, you know, hit them with questions because I've watched so many different ones over the years and they're still prevalent on YouTube. Um, And the thing that I find about Abdul the Butcher that's funny is he seems like a very uh cunning individual as far as a con man style he and bruiser brody did a lot of business together and he was there when he got killed and he he acts like he knew nothing about it even though he owned part of the territory uh you know you go back and you watch that that uh, dark side of the ring about the murder of bruiser brody there's some sketchiness in there with abdullah and, oh, I had nothing to do. I, I passed him on the airplane or I passed him going to, you know, the hotel. I didn't know he got stabbed, blah, 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 blah. And uh, I still find him shady. I, I think that he cut other people intentionally, uh, even way back in the day. If they weren't going to bleed, he was going to make them bleed kind of thing. Uh, and that thing with Hannibal. I, I know Hannibal's got his own uh, YouTube stuff. And I don't know, you know. The real deep dive into that. There's a documentary about that, but that the footage of him cutting him after he already cut himself. That I don't know if that bothers you guys, but what do you think about that, Derek? Go first. So, oh wow, such a gentleman.
1: Um, (laughs) we got two words for you, Derek. I think Abdullah was all about the show. And I think maybe Hannibal didn't cut himself enough. So he was like, I'm going to cut you some more. And that's what it boiled down to. You know, he he was, as they said in the the documentary, he was an entertainer. You know, he was all about entertaining his folks. And the blood is what he was about. Yeah, maybe he's enough there and he was going to make it happen.
0: So, the, the thing that's funny about his character is he made all this money from the late 60s. that He was the first really big American to go to Japan, even before the funks, and really tear it up over there. And uh, he's got nothing to show for it now. Absolutely. And it just it's just crazy how these guys make all this money, even like Flair with his marriages and stuff. And they don't have nothing to show for it. Absolutely nothing. And it just... Nobody, I don't know, financially talks to these guys or say, hey, you should do some real good investments with your money or whatever. That That's the part of it. It's always the same story at the end. Broke. Either dead and broke or don't talk to your kids and broke or all three. Dead, broke, and don't talk to your kids. It, it's it's amazing. But, uh, yeah, uh, you. what do you think, Ed? Con man, can't read and write. What's your take?
2: Dude, I'm calling a bunch of bullshit, man. Like, dude, you if you own part of a territory and you and you're this much of a hustler and you're making that much money, like, dude, you know how to sign deals. You know what I mean? And they said it in the documentary, like it was like, oh, you know, uh, you know, not we really need to find this second grade teacher that that taught him this well, you know? And so I, I just I, I you know, I mean, the thing about it is just like, you know, back in the day when you and I would watch it and we talk about this and you know, in seventh and eighth grade, you know. I mean the only person that would actually talk to me about, you know, NWA wrestling was the dude that was sitting next to me in class, you know, Now was you, you know, and, uh, you know, and it was just like, and so, I mean, it was really entertaining back in those days and, you know, and to, for these guys to have like, you know, it just, every one of them is like a tragedy, you know, I mean, Flair was on Joe Rogan and he's just like, yeah, I paid over a million dollars in alimony, you know, I mean, that's, you know that's that's ridiculous i mean there should be like some sort of a financial planner that like talks to these guys like hey look when you start making money like put some in the bank you know maybe yeah. you need like some sort of like high speed account from american express or something like that
0: well as far as like um i know that they've done so much now with the younger guys in wwe the way they set them up uh, with a financial planner and they just you know try to help them out so that they don't have uh long-term problems like like these guys do but it you know what it is is it's uh uneducated guys that that's their only line of work back then that that's all they could do and they didn't know how to you know handle any of the money and stay away from uh you know say no to drugs kids that's that's uh what they should have done but hey um with that being said let's let's move on to uh the network that aaw is on uh sent them a bunch of uh restrictions that they have now so i uh ended up Getting the professor involved, and he was supposed to come up with a list. But I had to do the deep dive this week, hockey tournaments and all. Had to do the deep dive, get the information so we can get this podcast rolling. So I'm going to read them. Do I need to interrupt you with a with the with the Don Cherryism? Well, you people, you people, you people, people. At the, you people out of, there. Yeah. Speaking of that, while I was at the tournament, a bunch of I'm I'm going to say a handful of people. Uh, talking to me about the podcast. So it is out there. It's just a matter of who wants to admit they watch it. And I know, I know for a fact, there's a bunch of people out there that watch it and they don't want to admit it, but just keep watching. Damn it. Wait, was the Portuguese shirt.
2: phantom there? Was it, was he there? Was the no, Portuguese phantom there? No, he's, nope?
0: he's, re, okay. he's retired. He's retired. Okay. Yeah, he's retired. He's in, okay. Yeah. He's in uh he's in total lame mode now. So, <laughs> um so this, this, First list that I have is all things that the network said that AEW has to get permission from Tony Khan or an agent before they do, okay? So the first one is any table, ladder, and chairs in and out of the ring have to be approved by for the match. So before somebody can use any of the objects, that has to be approved. Thoughts on, on, let's start with just that. So they're going to start using prop chairs and stuff no, like no, that? No, 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 no. In order to pull a chair out or to use like a, a ladder or pull a table out from under the rink. Okay. That has to be approved by AEW for that match. Thoughts on that? Well, it it yeah. gets worse from here, but go ahead. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, but the thing about it is, is that if AEW from a corporate standpoint would actually take control of the storyline, they could actually say it's a good idea or not. Instead of this other shenanigans, you know, I mean, so it all comes back to the to the writing crew, you know, like it. So the thing about it is, is, you can toss these rules down to these guys. But the thing about it is, is that it's all about creative. Creative's not doing their job. So they're creating rules to, to hamper these guys because
1: creative can't do their job. That's that's what this is. Derek, thoughts on um, that that first section? it, it kind of takes some of the organicness away from it, but I see it from a corporate standpoint, you know, they maybe want some more control. Um, I, I see both sides of it.
0: Okay. Um, stop so, being so diplomatic there.
2: It makes no, sense. no, no, it we, sense.
0: we got quite a bit to go through and we probably got about you know, less than 10 minutes. So we'll okay. not, we're, we're, we're rolling along, but even if we got some left, we'll, we'll save it. But, um, I think the problem with AEW right now is there's been guys like Jake the snake, Arnie Anderson, that have gone on record to say that they've approached guys about their match. They haven't said who approach guys about their match. And they're like, don't talk to me. I I already got a contract. So I think part of this is coming from too much of it is happening like when Matt Hardy got blasted with the chair from Sammy Guevara, where he just like launched it at him and gave him a concussion in the back of the head and things like that. So, you know, if every match is seeing this, it kind of desensitizes you from, so I think they're t- really trying to not only just hinder it, they're trying to grow and try to, you know, not make it so much of it so that you don't see it as much. So. But that's um, my point about creative. Though. Yeah
2: yeah oh yeah There's the thing is is that well then creative needs to do a better job
0: right right that's my so, point the next thing i i have is no diving off any structures in the arena so in order like uh like say like a new jack thing or uh you know like jeff hardy or you're diving off you know in the arena spots where you know it's a an overhang or something that's not meant to be you know even by a, a regular person to be jumped off they don't want anything done like that unless it's approved thoughts on that
2: i don't have a problem with that at all because it all goes back to creative right and i think it goes back to your point and it also goes back to Doug's point like the thing about it is it's like it you know if you desensitize everybody to it then it, they expect it every single week
0: yeah oh, anything
2: yeah. is is that and eventually you're gonna break down all your stars and they're trying to build stars, but they don't do a very good job from a creative standpoint in doing that. Yeah. So they're hurting guys like Kenny Omega and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, there's only really two or three guys that truly
0: get a true pop when they come out. We all know who they are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um so one of the other ones is all pile drivers and tombstone variations have to be approved for a match. So if you're you're gonna use uh a pile driver, a tombstone or some kind of wacky variation of, of that tiger driver, et cetera, et cetera, that has to be approved by, you know, an agent or Tony Khan. What do you think?
2: I Honestly, I think the thing about it is just that that part of the problem with AEW is, is that the finishing moves don't finish. Right. Wait, so then. here's the, so here's the thing, a pile driver, that is, the, that's the move it's done. But we're to use the, the line that the guys use, we're going home. Right. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Eric, what do you think? Yeah. Um, and I, I think exactly what you said. You know, it's that's a finishing move and they want it used for that. You know, oh, let me do four pile drivers before I get this guy down. Well, it's fine, but it needs to be at the end, you know, do one and it's done.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the the thing I always thought that was cool about the NWA with the psychology of them, not so much getting disqualified for thro- throwing a guy over the top rope, but I always thought when they outlawed the pile driver and it was like the move that was like outlawed that, you know, it, it's banned for, you know, 90 days or it's banned for 6 months, I always thought that was a just a cool concept, but where these guys kick out of everything, it's like what are you going to drive a cement truck in the in this arena and put them under the you know the floor of the arena to, to get them to stay down it's like you know it, it should be i, I know i'm going to get on a tangent with this but the psychology of wrestling is it's a sport and everybody's trying to win the championship just like baseball football the lombardi trophy is the world's heavyweight title you're you all wrestling to be the champion. And that whole storyline of your culmination of all your small storylines should be the championship. And if it's not that, and it's just a spot fest, it doesn't mean anything. It's like being at the circus. I I don't know if you heard us talking about that one, Ed, but I I told uh, Derek, when you're at, you go to see the best circus in the world, Circus Soleil. How many times are you going to see it? You can only see it once or twice before you're like, yeah, I'm good. And it's the same thing with the Young Bucks and all that. Nothing means anything. You know, right, the, right. the salt was a finisher. Now yes, it's, it it's now it's a setup move. It's like a hip toss. Yep. You know, it's like I, I'd love for somebody to come along and use the sleeper as your finisher. Old school sleeper get you in it, knock you out, done. I I would love to see that. That's why everybody watches the UFC because it's it's old school. It's almost like how wrestling was in the 20s, like that. Yep. Two guys going at it, and that's it. And there's more pageantry in the UFC with shit talking than they let go on in WWE. So that that's so. Um, but part of that too is really so fun. honestly the guys are not really that good at talking shit. No, no. You they know why? On the you know why? It's so forced. But I'll tell you why they're not good because they've okay. never been in a real fight. Well, that's why that. they've never been punched in the face for real. Because I guarantee, you yeah. if some of those guys were, they wouldn't be wrestling. If it's there important. was some, if there was some real men still left wrestling uh-huh. smacking uh-huh. some of those young bucks around it, it wouldn't be the same it wouldn't be the same um so uh high risk dives and top rope moves have to be pre-approved so you know like uh say that same backflip that hangman's gonna do every single time off the top rope to the cr- to you know a crowd of guys just waiting there for him it looks so bad but you know, you could get hurt. Somebody could get kicked in the head or, or something like that. So, um, you know, thoughts on that quick? Derek,
1: I think part of that is, is you know, they're looking out for their athletes as well. Yeah. Um You have to kind of protect the longevity of your brand. Um, you know, with, with any team, you want to keep your athletes healthy. And I think that's that might be part of the rules as well. You know, just looking out for
0: their talent. Okay. Uh yeah. Um so any initial bleeding or blade jobs have to be um, you know, like if somebody's gonna bust somebody open the hard way, like a Brock Lesnar with the elbow or something like that, or uh, you know, you're gonna bust out the blade, that has to be pre approved, which which I understand. Somebody should be a gate with that and say, Hey, listen, there's no storyline here that needs any blood, or hey, listen, dude. We're trying to do an injury angle here, so, you know, get a little color. So, I, I can see that. I can see that. That Especially but, with Moxley. That guy, you know, you touch touching, he starts bleeding all over you.
2: Yeah. But I, think, but I think it all kind of goes back to creative, though, because the thing about it is just, like, if they actually knew what they're talking, like, they actually created, like, an angle and have a slow build, like they should. And the thing about it is, it's like, let's be honest, right? Like, the finishing moves don't mean anything. So why do you why are you putting blood in every match? It all goes back to like what Stone Cold said like when he was finished with his run with the Rock. Who is next? Who do they yeah. have next up for him? And so why don't you want to make these storylines run? Right. You have good you have good guys that are good. Well, keep feeding them. Right? You know, and like start grooming your
0: younger talents so they can go up there. But um, what do I know? What well, well, that's why we're talking. That's why we have a podcast so we can yeah. let everybody know what you know. There you go.
2: So uh, uh, I mean, remember, nothing needs, nothing means nothing, right?
0: Yeah, you can't get uh, blood from a stone. That's right. Nothing means uh, nothing. So, anytime that anybody gets thrown through a table, barricades, steel steps, anything like that, has to be pre-approved. Thoughts on that, Derek? That's a little much. Yeah, no. you don't want You don't want to see four matches in a night where everybody ended up going through a table. So I, I guess a lot of it is structured for more of a gate to laying out the whole night now, rather than, you know, you watch six matches and five out of the six, somebody went through a table some way somehow or into the steel step. So I kind of get what they can kind of do with the, with the overall structure of it from a creative standpoint and then color within those lines. And then if somebody's being an ass and saying, Hey, listen, I want to do this. They might be like in match two, we already had, you know, Two guys go through a table in a tag team match, so you can't do it. We can't have, you know, got to spread it around and and kind of build the story around that. So, I I get it, I get it, and I you know I see you trying to protect talent too. So you know I'm trying to stay I'm with sorry. this. Go ahead.
1: Sitting around like, oh, we got five matches tonight, and we got five people that want to, you know, jump off the top rope, so. Here, y'all are gonna draw straws, and whoever gets the the long straw, you, you can jump off the top rope tonight. Yeah, All y'all I,
0: else do it. <laughs> I think that's the difference between a guy like Tony Khan and Vince McMahon. As much as I'm not a McMahon guy, at least he is the go/no go. He is the final say, whether you like it or not. At least he, he he's smart enough to know that you can't have that every every match. You get you got to have, you know. It's another circus aspect. You go, you want to see the high wire act. You want to see the guy get shot out of a cannon. you want to see the lion tamer. You want to see, you know, you want to see a little everything. So I, I, I get it if you want to stay within that thought process. But it, it's tough because some of these guys haven't even been trained well and they don't know anything about psychology and tell them a story. I mean, look at MJF. That guy can tell a story without even diving out of the ring. And, uh, you know, the Usos and the, the Roman Reigns, storyline they can spend 20 minutes just pushing the story along week to week and maybe there's a super kick and a melee at the end so you know sometimes less is more it's all about creating those organic bad guys that people want to see get beat that's that's what it's about two two grown men that are in a fight with a conflict if you don't have that then you don't have a story nobody wants to see a guy that you work with that you're bigger than being pro wrestling. I want to see guys that look like men. I don't want to see guys that look like they just came from a junior high school dance. That that's that's what I that's what I want to see in my wrestling. That's what's lost with it. Um uh any any weapons as far as like chairs, bats, tables, chains, any any foreign objects like that that they would pull in their uh, from out of the ring all have to be pre-approved now. So I think it's going to prevent the, you know, match after match. Of, this guy pulled a sledgehammer out. Now this guy's going to pull a bat. Now this guy's going to pull a hockey stick. Now this guy's going to pull a tie, Ryan. I think it's just, a, you know, kind of to slow that down as far as so you don't see the same thing in every match. Thoughts?
1: The guy with Can the hockey <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, So they don't want anybody doing any angles without approval that has to do with choking somebody or hanging them. So as far as that goes, how can you get an injury storyline over with, or some cheap heat if you don't hang somebody or I'm not saying like hang somebody like the old South kind of hanging. I'm saying like drape somebody over the rope and strangle them like with, uh, you know, the uh, cameraman cable or something like that to get heat that at all now remember these things aren't banned they just have to be pre-approved before you do it so uh there's still yeah go ahead Ed.
2: no i don't have a problem with it i mean i think part of it is just like creative just needs to do a better job it, it all comes back on them you can sit here you can blame the, the wrestlers and everything like that they're just trying to get over well isn't part of creative's job is to try to get everybody over and and build the machine i mean well, that's it, the job is it not
0: it's tough to get somebody over when you have good ideas and they don't want to listen to you, especially from, Well, I mean, there's that whole part too, but I yeah, mean, you yeah. know,
2: I mean, uh, the thing about it is is that TK should be the one that like uh, funny story on the bus. You do what I say.
0: So uh, we got about two minutes left, so I'm going to throw it around real quick. We actually got really quick. Um, I just want to wish Tom uh speedy recovery. Come back next week. We'll be ready for you. Got something special for next Two episodes, 25th episodes coming up. We've got some stuff in the works for that. Derek, we're going to kick it to you. Thanks for coming on. Any shout-outs, kids, wife, guys at work? <laughs> shout-out to my myathlon
1: coach.
2: Hey, thanks, man.
0: <laughs> yeah. I heard uh, that guy prefers the pickle, but that's a whole nother story. So, uh, Ed, in closing, what do you got for a quick shout-out? Anything? Uh, man, I first and
2: foremost tell them to get well, man. You know, we'd never want to see anybody go down. So, uh, number two, um, just want to say, um, that no, I do not like the pickle, that is not my thing. Uh, oh, it's
0: you. Oh, I didn't even know it was you.
2: Whatever, dude.
0: <laughs> you just outed yourself.
2: <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever, dude.
0: It's not the pickle, you just drink the brain, not the challenge. <laughs> <laughs>
2: There you go. I, just I heard it has medicinal there purposes. Go. There you go. You you just got it. No, so <laughs> other than that, just uh, thanks for supporting us and appreciate everything. And, and uh, that's all. So all I got All right,
0: everybody. So for this week, we got more EW to talk about next week. So for all of us, thanks for coming on, Derek, and we'll see you uh, next week at the matches. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Later. Later.